Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. She stood unmoving amongst the flames as they danced around the ruined city, her city. The cries of wailing mothers and the moans of dying warriors rang out in the air. The stench of death clung to her like the regrets of a dying sinner. Queen Amanarines felt tears begin to form in her remaining eye, but she held them in check. This was not the time for tears. They could come later, she thought. No, this was the time for war and blood. She would drive the pale savages from her land, and she would take the head of any man who dared to try and stop her. This is King Caruso, the Black History Buff, and welcome to the Black History Buff podcast. Each episode will be going through another chapter from Black History and showcasing one of the amazing characters from Black History. You can find us on Instagram at blackhistorybuff777 and at bhbmedia777, also on Instagram. So please kick back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Kandike Amaneras is one of the most celebrated rulers of the ancient kingdom of Kush, located in the region of Nubia, which we now know as Sudan. She ruled from 40 BC to 10 BC. Kandike, also known as Kandes, Kendeke or Kenteke, was the title given to queens and queen mothers of the region and is the origin of the modern name Kandis. So... What is Kush, you might ask yourself? Okay, so Kush is a strain of the herb commonly known as... Oh, oh, wait, sorry, (laughs) wrong Kush. Kush was a civilization centered in the North African region of Nubia. 
it was in fact one of the earliest civilizations to develop in the Nile River Valley. Kushite states rose to power before a period of Egyptian incursion into the area established an Egyptian dynasty, the 25th dynasty, in 775 BCE, lasting until 653 BCE. By the way, BC numbers work towards zero and AD numbers work away from zero. Yeah, thanks Rome for making history way more confusing. With a rich and vibrant trading culture, Kush coexisted in peace for centuries with its neighbours, due to its role in commerce and the transportation of goods. The Kingdom of Kush represents yet another ancient African civilization of which relatively few people outside of Africa are aware, often reducing Africa's contribution to world culture to the Egyptian legacy alone. Kush, however, is referenced in the Bible and the kingdom was very well known to the Romans. I could probably do a six hour podcast about Nubia and Kush and still not even scratch the surface, but that's for another episode. Basically, Kush can be thought of as the Egypt we don't really talk about. Fun fact, there are more pyramids in Sudan, Kush, than anywhere else in the world, 222. Queen Amaniraz took the throne upon the death of her husband and went on to become one of the most potent and influential monarchs that the African continent has ever produced. I just want to take a minute to talk about women and women's rights in Kush. So, unlike some civilizations, women played an essential role in the ancient Kushite empire. They worked long, hard hours farming, laboring, and most importantly, as royals. Women were generally more equal and integrated into the Kushite empire than in Egypt. In Kush, pharaohs were also able to pass their powers to the queen, and by doing so extend their reign. And this transference of power is what helped bring Queen Amaniraz into sole rulership of Kush. After taking over the kingdom, Queen Amaniraz knew she faced a hard road ahead, with her kingdom about to face an enemy like nothing Kush had ever seen before, and immediately set about mobilising her people into a formidable army. The forces of Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus had just overpowered the Egyptians, making it a region of the Roman Empire. Not wanting to waste any time celebrating this victory, next on the Emperor's agenda was to target Kush and expand Rome further still. Gaius Petronus, second and fourth prefect of the now Roman province of Egypt, led the charge. So, I must take some time out to explain exactly what our hero, Queen Amaneras, was up against when she took on the Roman forces. The Roman army was the largest and best fighting force in the ancient world. One of the main reasons Rome became so powerful was because of the strength of this army. Rome was a vast empire that stretched from Britain all the way to the Middle East, and its military was exceptionally advanced for its time. The soldiers were the best trained, they had the best weapons and the best armour. When the Romans invaded Britain, their army was so good that it took on forces ten times its size and won. Mm, apart from the Scottish who caused the Romans so much trouble, they decided to build a wall to keep them in Scotland and away from kicking Roman ass. Only men could be in the Roman army, 
no women were allowed. I point that out because in other parts of the world, women did indeed fight alongside the men. Just saying. There were two main types of Roman soldiers, legionnaires and auxiliaries. The legionnaires were the elite soldiers. Every new recruit had to be fighting fit. Anyone weak or too short was rejected and they served for at least 25 years. If they survived their time, they were rewarded with a gift of land they could farm. This was a motivated professional fighting force. An auxiliary was a soldier who was not a Roman citizen and was only paid a third of a legionnaire's wage. Auxiliaries guarded forts and frontiers but also fought in battles, often in the front lines where it was most dangerous. The entire foundation of Roman infantry tactics was the idea that by keeping troops in order, one could fight more effectively. Most military commanders of the day just had their forces rush at the enemy, relying on superior numbers, better soldiers, or simply luck to carry the day. The Romans realised that they could not always rely on these, so they turned to strategy. Each situation was handled differently, taking into account terrain, as well as the type and strength of the opponent's troops, and the type of strength of the Roman soldiers available. Now I say all that, to let you know what the new queen was up against. Okay, so we're gonna have a quick break and then back to the show. Hey guys, I hope you're doing well and have been enjoying the content. Look, I'm gonna be blunt. I really wanna do this podcasting, content creation thing full time, but I can't do this without your support. And yeah, I mean financial support. So, for the price of a medium-sized coffee, nah, 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 nah. For the price of a Jamaican patty, you can help to support the podcast, IG page, Facebook page, blog, YouTube account, and now my website by either joining my Patreon or making a one-off donation to my PayPal account. And if that's not your thing, then you could even hop over to blackhistorybuff.com and check out the merch on there. I've got hoodies, jumpers, t-shirts, all themed around black history. So not only can you listen to your history, you can rep it in your clothing as well. So for the price of a small oxtail and rice, you can help to bring more hidden tales from black history into the limelight. Okay, so welcome back to the show. Queen Amaniraz decided to take fate into her own hands and strike first. Her strategy was to defeat the Roman soldiers before they could cross over to Sudan from Egypt. Before the Romans had even tried anything, she led an army of 30,000 men against the Romans in 24 BC. The Nubians attacked the Theobad and the Roman garrison at Sayan. They defeated the forces stationed there, enslaved the inhabitants and pulled down Emperor Augustus's statues. The queen led from the front, fighting side by side with her son and her soldiers. Cush won the battle, but it was only just the start of the war. With its vast and powerful army, the Roman Empire later found it easy to reclaim most of its cities and Rome then captured Cush. But Queen Amaniraz refused to accept defeat and continued to fight back. Since the army of Cush was small and inexperienced compared to the highly trained Roman soldiers, 
the Queen decided that a series of tactical ambushes would be the best way to counter the invaders. She managed to mobilise her citizens and send them to gather intel on the movements of their enemies. Through cooperation, coordination and guerrilla style of warfare, she gradually weakened the Romans and began to actually give Kush an advantage. The armies of Kush and Rome engaged in the vicious cycle of war for at least three years. And it was during one of these battles that Queen Amineras was severely injured by one of the Roman soldiers who blinded her in one eye. Yet she still refused to give up, immediately heading back into the battle once she'd recovered. Wow. After three brutal years of fighting, the two forces agreed to sign a treaty once they realised that neither side would surrender. The peace treaty called for Rome to withdraw troops, demolish all forts and return occupied land to the Kushites, as well as cancel the illegal taxes that they had levelled against the people. Now that's what you call a leader. She got back the land, she got some money and she got them to cancel tax. Mm. We need a queen like that. One of the key things is that this was the only favourable deal that pacified Queen Amineras. She vowed to fight on until she got every single term that she wanted. She refused to quit until she got them all. Her fame and leadership would be felt and recognised for hundreds of years after her death due to the legacy she left for her descendants. The legend of Queen Amineras has remained in the history of Sudan, where she is hailed as having been the most daring leader that ever existed in Africa. So, final fun fact. Strabo was a Greek geographer and historian who lived between 64 BC and 23 AD. And um, he saw the final collapse of the Roman Republic and the creation um, by Augustus of the Roman Empire and he wrote large-scale works in his field and is a major source of historical text from that period of time. So within one of his works can be found a description of, and I quote, a fierce one-eyed queen Candace, who captured a series of Roman forts in southern 25 BC Egypt he also wrote that her army returned with a bronze depiction of Augustus's head taken from a statue of the Roman Emperor. This head was then buried beneath the steps of a temple dedicated to Queen Amineras's victory. Okay, so that sounds like a bit of a legend. And people thought it was a bit of a myth, you know, some of these ancient Greek historians and geographers and philosophers they made some stuff up but then that head was found in Moreau in 1912 and it now resides in the British Museum how badass is that
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 